Uh, we need to let everyone know about this. Sad news. Rest in peace. Reader's Digest magazine in Canada. Yeah, Reader's Digest Canada, once a household staple, will end its run after 76 years. Wow. I do believe the American version will live on, but the Canadian version is done after 76 years. Uh, it will shut down in the new year because of declining ad sales, increased production and delivery cost, and changes changes in consumer reading habits. I don't know about you, but we had Reader's Digest everywhere in the house because they, my mom never threw them out. We only had it one place in the house. The can. <laughs> we had a few in there, yeah, but everywhere. And for so many, stacks and stacks. I loved Reader's Digest Me too. while sitting on the toilet. They were the best. You know what was the best? Because you'd have a Reader's Digest, and you always start off with the, you flip to the back, and you do laughter is the best medicine, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, you I, read the jokes, yeah, yeah. and then uh, eventually uh, you, you end up reading the whole thing because... You know, you didn't have any other options. But then you go to someone else's house, and they have a different Reader's Digest in yeah, there. Yeah, with a whole new batch of quote, quotable quotes. Yeah. yeah. I was As look- kids see it. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I was looking through the, you know, the uh, the f- front of the book where they say on every page which feature it is. I can't think of the word right now. But yeah, there was like points to ponder, campus comedy, all in a day's work. All like the lifestyle stories people yeah. would, would like send in about their own lives. Those are the ones I would read. But then you'd end up reading a story about like a guy being attacked by a bear in the forest. Like there'd be a lot in right. there. It was, there's was always a survival story. Guy yeah. has to eat his own leg sure yeah <laughs> and it was the perfect size for your hands you know I, that's yeah. what it was like nice an archie's double magazine. digest like you don't get books that or you don't get magazines that size anymore right? right it was it was a tight little package that readers digest we're gonna miss it what a shame It'd be cool. they, digest. They should thanks a lot cell phones yeah well they can flip it to an app right would anybody download that i don't know if your grandma learned to, how to use a <laughs> smartphone she might Maybe. Well, good thing she's got 700 backups that she didn't throw out <laughs> That's yet. That's right. <laughs> Collector's items. Mm-hmm. Our sports guy, Devin Peacock, is here with us. You want to talk about some rule changes in women's hockey, Dev? So similar to how uh, the XFL, you know, will you know, you know, think up new ways to to change the game like like they've thought about you know three point extra points and different different They're ideas trying for, new things trying new in things. football so the professional women's hockey league is toying with some rule changes for when they begin uh, play that i think would be neat if the nhl at least discussed them doesn't have to do them but discuss them what are they so they primarily have to deal with uh penalties so if there's a two minute penalty Okay. And the team on the power play scores, the power play continues. So you were penalized for the full two minutes. You could score like four goals potentially in that two minutes. I mean, minutes. you could. Uh, the way sometimes you know teams' power plays in the NHL run, I mean, they don't even get a shot off. I mean, there have been a couple uh, Leaf power plays where they haven't even got shots off. But still, that's... If you're looking to score... Like, if you what you want is somebody to have an opportunity to score during the penalty kill... You still have the two minutes. Like, if you score, 
That penalty kill is only eliminated if you score. So you got what you wanted. You got the action. You got the goal. So why extend But imagine scoring twice. It doesn't seem like it's a fair trade-off. So if you have a five-minute major, it's a, you can score as many times as you want in five minutes. But that's a major infraction. You have done something to, you know, you've done something very dangerous there, and you should be penalized appropriately. But if you just, like, do a little high stick, maybe you board somebody, it's not a huge deal. Now, for two minutes for sure... You get two goals scored on you. Shouldn't have done it. You can have you can have a double minor, and you can you know uh, you know there's there's varying degrees of penalties. So are, you, are you liking this idea then? Jeff? I like the idea. I like you know if you also for like all the dumb idiots who take stupid penalties, don't do it because you're going to get even <laughs> in bigger trouble for doing it. I'm a big penalty guy. I like the I like the bad penalties. It's my favorite I, part of the game. game. Interesting. Like, <laughs> let's be serious. There's also there, who's going to screw up next. There's <laughs> also the idea of if the team that shorthanded scores, penalty over. That's so so. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So they have to score to end. If you get a shorthanded goal, the penalty ends. Yeah, that's count. That's the opposite. So they're switching them. Okay. I'm just like. Here's the thing. These are we, ideas. No bad in, ideas in a brainstorm. In where I'm forced to have three-on-three overtime. So if you're talking about what's natural and unnatural in hockey, I feel having a two-minute penalty that's entirely two minutes, regardless of people, uh, the team that's on the power play scoring, is more in tune with the game of hockey than three-on-three hockey in overtime. Okay. I, I'd rather have ties come back in, in, in the NHL than stupid three-on-three hockey and shootouts. What is, are there any other rules? Those, those are the big ones. Those are the ones that I think are kind of neat, but like they're, they're, they're in keep, like to me, like that's in keeping with what you would see in a hockey game with the five minutes, the two minutes. It's like, I know Jim does not like no, it. No, no, but when you said XFL rules... I got excited, you know, because they got crazy. Yeah. Like, I was hoping there's no more face-offs. It's two girls. They have to skate from the opposite ends of the ice, and whoever gets the puck in the <laughs> oh, center those, line. <laughs> the, the other thing they were uh, looking for penalties was also there's no if you're if you're the shorthanded team, you can't ice the puck. So if you, there's like because like no there's nobody uh, if you can right, just, you so just you get can, it out you of your zone, ice you, you can't ice it. So right now there's like no just shooting it down without any sort of penalty for icing. So yeah. this would make it a little bit harder to defend on a power play. So they're trying to get. But here's the thing: if you're looking. Sp- strictly on the women's side of things. They're trying to drive scoring and offense, which drives excitement. If you're looking at the sport of hockey in general, what do people love? I mean, you love the scoring, you love the offense, you love that sort of a thing. I think it's worth at least a conversation. It's not so out of tune with the game of hockey that it would be blasphemy. Let's see if we can get John from Small Town Strip Club on the line here. They are a band out of the Stratford area. Who just uh, did something pretty cool over the past week? John, you crazy SOB. You guys went and did it. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Yeah, we made it happen. We're pumped about it. Now, I saw you guys on social media, and you were tagging us and uh, asking us to to get our listeners to vote on this, but the Spit and Chicklets podcast is the biggest hockey podcast in the world. Um, they were looking for a new theme song for their podcast, and you guys entered one of your songs, Cheap Shot, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's mostly right. Uh, I would say they didn't really, like, they didn't really do a call or a full like contest or anything. Like, they slightly mentioned it in passing on one of their podcasts in like in March, and then uh, we just kept that in mind. And then we had this tune that uh, we thought would be a good fit, and we brought it to the studio. And then, man, yeah, we put together like a 
pretty well-rounded pitch and sent it their way, and it caught through them. So yeah, right on. Let's Good play on you guys. Let's play a bit of the song here. So this is the officially now the new theme song of the Spit and Chicklets podcast. What are you guys getting out of the the deal here? Just exposure? Are they kicking you some Pink Whitney or? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe some Pink Whitney, big deal brew, eh? Yeah, not, nice. not, not yet though, but uh, no, just just exposure, and that that was kind of a part of our pitch. We we made a couple of Instagram reels, and we said. The tunes on the house. We just think it's a good fit, uh, and we just want to provide it for you boys. So uh, yeah, we sent it their way. There's been a little bit of chatter about maybe a, a couple a couple of collaborations for some live shows, but uh, but we're uh, we're still working on those. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll yeah. put in a good word for you because uh, I got to hang out with Ra and Grinelli from Spit and Chicklets when Hockey Fest was in London, Ontario. I actually I played uh, uh, with Grinelli and Cujo Curtis Joseph on our ball hockey team, and we had a great afternoon. Ra was in Victoria Park just crushing beers. <laughs> and uh, I spent some time with him as well. He's a great guy. Uh, I'll, I'll slide into his DMs and say, you guys need to get some live performances going with with uh, Small Town Strip Club. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. We definitely want to make it happen. And, you know, we got we to gotta give our flowers to you, boys, because I'm not sure if you mentioned on on air before, but you guys are the origin of uh, the band name. And uh, we have a little bit of a... Uh, history you guys shouted us out probably like five years ago when we were just starting out as a cover band and then uh we played on your show uh on uh on your instagram live show during the pandemic when you're trying to get some content and get people mm-hmm. doing stuff from uh when that's right up at home so uh yeah and then i saw you at wonderland this summer time <laughs> wasn't that crazy i'm eating a sub with my family at canada's wonderland and a guy's at the table next to me. He turns around. He's like, are you Taz from the radio? I'm like, yeah. He goes, John from Small Town Strip Club. I'm like, John, let's get some pictures. Let's go ride the Leviathan. <laughs> uh, no, it's, we, uh, you, you named the band after a feature that we do from time to time on the show called Taz and Jim's Small Town Strip Club, where uh, Jim does his strip club DJ voice and... We have some fun with the names of small town strip clubs. Um, when you, we found out that you had stolen the name from us, <laughs> yeah, we have a great band name. We're called Taz and Jim. <laughs> when we found out you stole the name from us, all we wanted, we were like, I hope these guys are good. And it turns out you're pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. So we're excited yeah, for you. Um, you're given the song to Spit and Chicklets for free. Um, we are going to give you the small town strip club name. Officially, it is yours now. No lawsuits pending in the future. <laughs> but one condition: next time you're on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, because they had you on uh, a while back, you get on there again. You got to give Taz and Jim a shout out, and you tell them where the name came from. Okay. A hundred percent. I will do. Pretty sweet here. <laughs> Yeah.
Our guys, Small Town Strip Club from the Stratford area. And their song, Cheap Shot, the new theme song for the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Here we go. It's been a while, but we are playing in honor of the band, Small Town Strip Club, who got their name from this very feature on the Taz and Jim show, being named as the uh, new theme song for the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Congratulations, boys. We are playing for the first time in quite a while. Taz and Jim's Small Town Strip Club. We've got Strip Club DJ here ready to go. That's right, Taz. We are visiting some of the most pristine strip clubs in cities and states and provinces that used to have their very own NHL teams. Let me tell you, at these strip clubs, they don't spit chiclets. They swallow them. Our contestant is Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, how's it going? Good. Say hi to Strip Club DJ. Hey, how's it going? Oh, oh the side of the grave, always great. Oh, but hit that horn again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Strip Club DJ is going to uh, name a town, and then he's going to list three possibilities for the name of the strip club in that town. Are you ready, Dan? I'm ready. You need to get two out of three to win tickets to see Limp Biscuit in Toronto. We're going to Hartford here, Dan, formerly home of the Hartford Whalers, named after the rippers that used to work here in the 80s. Was the, was here the Minx Cabaret, the Golden Banana, or the Illuminati? Oh, that's a good one, Illuminati. Illuminati, Golden Banana. The Minx Cabaret, the Golden Banana, or the Illuminati. What was the strip club in Hartford? Uh, uh, the Lynx Cabernet. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. The Lynx Cabernet, Cabernet, where you can order from their wine list of nice red Lynx Cabernet. <laughs> okay, next one. We're going here to Minnesota, formerly home of the North Stars. Is the strip club in Minnesota the most popular one called A, the Cajun Club, B, Chicken Strips, or C, the Krusty Krab. Oh, boy. Uh, the first one. The Cajun Club. One. You've got yeah. it. I want those hands will clap, and let's see if we can break that noise meter, folks. Here we go, because we're moving up to Quebec City, obviously, formerly home of the Nordiques. Is the French Quebec City... Strip club called A, Le Club de Ecstasy, a B, De in Le Pink, Sank in Le Stank, or C, Bubliotech. <laughs> what, was the, what was the last one? The Booty Le... Bubliotech. Bubliotech. <laughs> it translates roughly to Library of Breasts. <laughs> what do you think, Dad? I'm going to go with the first one again. Le Club de Ecstasy, you yes. got it. You've been all of these, haven't you? Your secret is safe with me. But being Quebec, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if all of those were actual strip clubs. <laughs> There's one on every corner. Dan, congratulations. Uh, we got two tickets for you to go see Limp Biscuit on their Loserville tour in Toronto at Budweiser Stage on July 24th. Enjoy, okay, buddy? 
Thank you very much. Wait's over if you've been watching Squid Game The Challenge. The final episode was posted on Netflix this week, and uh, you can find out who's going home with the biggest jackpot in reality TV show history, Jim. Oh, really? What was it? You know, they had the big piggy bank, just like the, the Squid Game scripted show. They had the big piggy bank hanging over everyone. Every time someone got eliminated, yeah, $10,000 would go into the, the piggy bank. The translucent piggy bank, so you can <laughs> yeah, see you all can the see money, the money. Yeah. And uh, the grand prize was uh, uh, close to $4.6 million. Pretty big. Now, the scripted series, you remember the final game? You watched Squid Game, yeah, didn't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. It was the Squid Game. It was obviously a game that on this side of the world we're not familiar with. They had that weird triangle shape with uh, the two guys. It, they basically had to fight each other in there, didn't they? It was like one guy had to run to the other end finish line, and the other guy. It was like almost like football with one player, and it was like, right. yeah. So you had to stop the guy from getting past very you. physical, yeah, uh, game that Squid Game. Mm-hmm. So they didn't actually play that as the final game. It's crazy how they decided to give away the uh, over $4 million. Hmm, what is it? I'm going to play a clip for you here. This isn't going to tell you who won. It came down to a male contestant and a female contestant. And I'm not going to tell you who won. This will just explain how they gave away the jackpot. The current prize fund now stands at $4,540,000. Attention players. 287 and 451. Oh, Welcome numbers, to the yeah. final game. You have both defeated 454 players. One of you will win $4.56 million. The game that will decide that is Rock, Paper, Scissors. <laughs> I love it. Each round will select one key and attempt to open the safe. If the key does not open the safe, you will play again. If the key opens a safe, you win Squid Game. Mm. Yeah, so there was a safe. They were facing each other, had to do rock, paper, scissors. If you win, it wasn't best two out of three. Whoever wins gets to go pick a key to the safe. You try the key. If it opens a safe, you win the money. If not, you go back and it's rock, paper, scissors all over again. Oh, man. That's interesting because you just never know. One guy could have fifty wins, zero keys that work. When the other person could have one, one yeah. win, one key, boom. <laughs> That's interesting. It, it was intense, man. It, I, I, I enjoyed the series, and so did a lot of people. It's been renewed for a second season. Interesting. Ryan Reynolds has made a desperate plea to uh, websites and uh, paparazzi to stop taking pictures and posting them. From the Deadpool 3 set. Hmm. Have you seen any of the photos from the Deadpool 3 set, Jim? Are they popping up in your algorithm? No. Like, there was one that came out a few weeks ago, and it was just Wolverine with long sleeves and Deadpool walking around Yeah, Hugh Jackman in, like, a more comic book accurate Wolverine costume, right? Yeah, that's that's all I remember. But they were just outside in nature. I don't know. Going for a stroll? Well, some some more photos. I guess I'm, I'm more of a comic book guy because I'm getting all these spoilers fed to my all the algorithm Facebook feed. And I saw a major spoiler posted this week. 
And like the moment you saw it, you knew something. Oh, I was like, oh, I wish I didn't know that. Going to the movie, huh. you know, if you if you didn't know that that was going to happen. It would have been an amazing moment, but now you're just waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to say exactly what it was or who it was, but, you know, they... Oh, so it was somebody. No, darn, I spoiled it. <laughs> Why would you say or who it was? <laughs> anyway. This is what Ryan Reynolds says, quote, Surprises are part of the magic of theatrical movies. Telephoto lenses continue to spoil surprises and create a difficult situation for everyone. Here's hoping some of the websites and social channels will hold back showing images before they're ready. This film is built for audience joy. Our highest hope is to preserve as much of that magic as possible for the big screen. Uh, Ryan Reynolds also saying it's very important for him to shoot in real environments. He doesn't want to be in front of a green screen and just, you know, putting up the forest in the background. Yeah, we hate, it sucks. We complain about that all the time. There's too yeah. much CGI. The practical effects and the practical environments make a big difference in these movies. And not a lot of films are doing that anymore. So kudos to uh, Deadpool, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds. For keeping it real. Yeah, I have a hard time believing anybody who's actually taking the photos and, and, and profiting off sharing them is going to listen. Because it's like, it's an attention economy, especially online. You get all these YouTube people who just, they need something to talk about. They need the well, hits. I can't resist. I don't want to look at the photos from the set of Deadpool 3, but if they're there, I'm going to look. It's like, if I if there's junk food in the closet at home, I'm going to eat it. And it's my wife's fault for buying it. It's never my fault for eating it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have to, re- re- you need restraint, Taz. Okay? okay. Do it for yourself. Put a filter on your Twitter. You can, like, you can ban certain words or certain okay. things that will show up. So you think that the comic book fans need to have more stri- restraint, making these photos less valuable for the paparazzi to sell in order for anything to change? Well, the paparazzi's certainly not going to listen. It's up to you. Yeah. Nothing's going to change. Sorry, (laughs) Ryan Reynolds. Got to get on my Christmas shopping here. Not a one thing that I've purchased for Christmas. Every year I say this is the year Jimmy gets his stuff done before November 30th. And then what does Jimmy do? December 23rd, I'm at the mall. (laughs) It's also, it's been tough. Uh, We're doing some work around the house, so we haven't put the Christmas tree up. Uh, tomorrow is the day I guess I have to put my Christmas decorations up when it's eight degrees and sunny. It's just the weather has not been Christmassy at all. So mm-hmm. I, it's, I, I know every year everyone's like, oh, I can't believe it's Christmas already. This year in particular, the weather and other factors have made it feel like Christmas is further away than it actually is. Yeah, yeah, it always sneaks up on you. I was, I was very happy. I came home last night. My wife had the Christmas village set up with all like the cotton. I don't even know the cotton blankets out. And yeah, then she's yeah. got like the little buildings. <laughs> I love it. Now, did she bring that into the marriage, or yeah. did you two put that together uh, as a couple? I have Batman's cave in the corner. That's my addition. <laughs> no, I don't. She like puts her like Castle Grayskull. <laughs> yeah, you know. But there's like lights and a Christmas Jesus, tree. <laughs> Jesus's manger is over here, yeah. and Castle Grayskull is yeah. over here. The three wise men show up in the Batmobile. It's a great nativity scene. I have. Have the power <laughs> through the power of myrrh. <laughs> um, but it's nice, and there's little lights. It's like this old English-looking village. 
We're we're getting there. We got the stockings hung up, but no tree. Do you know what myrrh is? I thought <laughs> isn't it like a spice? Didn't we look this up yeah, once? I, I think so. I, I've never I've never used myrrh in everyday life. It's time for a comeback. It's a plant, a fragrant plant. Myrrh. Um, a fragrant gum resin obtained from certain trees and used, especially in the Near East, in perfumery, medicines, and incense. Okay. Frankincense. I always assumed that was incense because it says half of it in the... Yeah, Frank. It's Frank like the, it's like Frank's incense. Yeah, like a guy yeah. named Frank selling like little sticks. Hot. Frank's red hot. <laughs> <laughs> I I smoked that crap on anything. An aromatic gum resin obtained from an African tree and burned as incense. So yeah. Yeah, frankincense. Now what's this gold thing they've been telling? Me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna invest back in uh, biblical times in one of those four things, I'm assuming that gold has become the most valuable. Yeah, they out must of the have been out of the OG then. Christmas <laughs> gifts, frankincense burned. Oh, and then time. Time is money. Yes, <laughs> it's the most valuable. Time, of all. most valuable thing. It's the one thing you can't buy. <laughs> time.